0: Crime does not pay!
1: You? Yourself? Really now, Mr. Trident?
2: Why not, Mrs. Hunter? Don't you believe I'm susceptible? That I might be lonely, too?
1: That's hard to believe. After all, you're the man who's helped so many people to find each other. So many lonely hearts are lonely no longer because of you and what you've done.
2: Yes, yes, I dare say. But that is so, my dear Mrs. Hunter, because I understand loneliness. I understand the hunger for companionship of, um, of the opposite sex uh, from personal experience.
1: Yes, I can understand that,
2: of and, course. And then your your picture fell out of the envelope that fateful morning, and something clicked. I hardly Dad believe it. I wrote to you anyway. When you walked in here today, it was as if that picture had come to life. Now I know I shall never be lonely again. Do you understand this, Mrs. Hunter? Do you, Elizabeth? You must. Because from now on, you and I shall never be parted. Never. If I have anything to say about it.
0: interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear Love Is Not All, starring Ralph Forbes. Crime Does Not Pay, starring Ralph Forbes as Augustus J. Dryden in Love Is Not All. It was a rather shabby building, nothing new or modern. Just another office building with rows of doors along the slightly dank hallways. The gilt lettering tarnished and peeling on the frosted glass of the doors. This door was exactly like the other's. Except for its rather intriguing announcement in "Fading Guilt," the Union of Lonely Hearts, it announced in large letters in the lower right-hand corner, quite neatly and simply, Augustus J. Dryden, the counselor. Inside the filing cabinets crowded the railing and the desk behind the railing. At that desk, Blondine Margot Wells presided and investigated the contents of the day's mail. at which she was ably assisted by one Mugsy Penfield. And her employer, Augustus J. Dryden himself. Uh, for your file, my dear. Check, check, boss.
1: Oh, there is a check in this one, Gus.
0: Mm, yes, the usual fee. Pictures, too?
1: No. Hmm. hmm. Not very interesting.
3: As a uh, request here from Dallas, boss.
2: I'll handle that later.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: no. <laughs> hmm? something amusing, my dear.
1: Get this. <laughs> you may assure any woman who becomes at all interested in me... That I am well able to take care of her now and will leave her well provided for in the future. Of course, as my wife, she would have certain responsibilities, as the enclosed photo indicates. But before very long, they will all be ready to take care of themselves. And look, just look, count 'em. Nine. What? Nine of all time.
2: <laughs> and the man
3: says he's lonely. <laughs> he's probably got nobody to talk to except the nine brats. <laughs> you want
1: him, Margaret? Are you kidding? What'll I do? File him in the waste basket? Checking clothes. Mm, ten, the registration
2: fee. Oh, regular procedure.
1: But nobody'll ever marry him.
2: You file him. Reply with form one. In a month, request the second fee. Uh, this is business, Marlowe.
1: Are we using the mails to defraud again? Hardly,
2: my dear. After all, we file him in good faith. His, his nine offspring are hardly our responsibility.
1: Mm, all right, yes, you're the boss.
2: Uh, Saint Louis has a request: uh,
3: referral and some jewelry. Also, a couple of minks, one of those coat check jobs.
2: Uh, Mugsy, we don't huh. discuss that side of our business in the front office, remember? Oh, sorry, sorry, boss. See you in the back later.
3: Huh? <laughs> oh, and uh, here's uh, Bar
1: Harbor.
2: Mm, that one again. Same character. Burn the letter. We never received it. It's stuff it altogether too easily traced. Check, boss. Mm,
1: not bad, this one, for her age. What's your guess, Gus?
2: Nice looking woman. Only touch snapshot, too. I'd say about 40. Hey,
3: that's the dangerous age.
2: Dangerous? For whom? Any money, Margot?
1: Registration fee. Here's
2: the letter. Mm, paper. Heavy. Grave letterhead. Mrs. Elizabeth Hunter. 5022 East Green Street. Mm, Good as best. What'd she say, boss? What'd she say? Mm. You may think it strange, a woman in my obvious circumstances... Interested in meeting new people? Lack of companionship. Some well educated gentlemen. Am I well educated, Margot? In what way? Well <laughs> I've been to college upriver, that is.
1: You learn plenty, there. You
2: are. Hardly a subject for small talk. Hey.
3: Are you thinking of fooling around with this yourself? And why not? Because you got more important things to do for us.
2: More important than a woman of obvious means, house on Green Street, not bad to look at. Mudsy, you never had much vision.
3: Yeah, I don't need vision to see trouble coming.
2: Nonsense. Why, with her money, we might expand this uh, business. Margot, take a letter. Hmm. Uh, my dear Mrs. Hunter, uh, letters from ladies of your caliber are, of course, uh, quite rare in our correspondence. Uh, we do have in our files the applications of a few, very few gentlemen of equal standing. Uh, this fact requires an abnormal procedure on the part of our agency. If you would be kind enough to call for an appointment, I shall be most honored to give you my personal attention. Uh, Yours very truly, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put that in the mail, Margot, my dear, and we shall see what we shall see.
1: your pardon, miss. Oh, uh, uh, yes, ma'am? This is the office of Augustus J. Dryden. Of the Union of Lonely Hearts? Yes, it is. May I help you? I have an appointment. My name is Hunter, Elizabeth Hunter. Oh, of course. One moment, please. Yes, Marco? Uh, Mr. Dryden, Mrs. Hunter is here. Mrs. Elizabeth Hunter.
2: Yes, eh? mm-hmm. Right on time, darling. And send her in. Uh, no, 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 wait. I'll be
1: right out. Oh, yes, sir, of course. Uh, Mr. Dryden will be right with you.
2: Mrs. Hunter, please, uh, won't you come in? Mm, this is a pleasure, real pleasure.
1: Why, yes, yes, of course.
2: Oh, this way, please. <laughs> uh, Miss Wells, I am not to be disturbed. <laughs> yes, Mr. Dryden, of course, uh,
1: not to
2: be disturbed. Oh, sit down, my dear Mrs. Hunter. Please, sit down. Thank you. No, 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 no. That's not there. In, in this chair. Oh. Where I can see you better and you can see me.
1: Well, thank you again. Cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Mr. Dryden, this is the first time in my life I've ever done anything like this.
2: Well, that hardly makes it wrong. And thousands, literally thousands of people come to me for counsel. You saw the file cabinet in the outer office. There are more in yonder closet. Surely we have the blessing of hundreds if not thousands, of happy people in our work.
1: You seem to believe in your work, Mr. Dryden.
2: I believe in people.
1: And in yourself, too, perhaps, a little.
2: I have had great confidence in myself until, until a few moments ago.
1: I don't quite follow you, Mr. Dryden.
2: Until the moment I stood in that doorway and saw you.
1: Until you saw me.
2: And then I knew what I had suspected for some days. This is now the old story of uh, Dr. Cure Thyself.
1: Mr. Dryden.
2: Why should you be surprised? Surely you ought not to be shocked. After all, you and I are both mature. We are, shall we say, a man and a woman of the world. We know that stranger things have happened than that a man sees a woman in a setting in which he obviously does not belong and knows immediately that he has, as the youngsters say, fallen. And fallen hard.
1: You, yourself? Oh, really now, Miss Dryden.
2: Mm, Why not, Mrs. Hunter? Don't you believe I'm susceptible?
1: That is hard to believe. After all, you're the man who has helped so many people find each other. So many lonely hearts are lonely no longer because of you and what you've done.
2: Mm, Yes, yes, I dare say. But this is so, my dear Mrs. Hunter, because I understand loneliness. I understand the hunger for companionship of uh, of the opposite sex uh, from a personal experience.
1: Yes, I can understand that, of course.
2: And then your picture fell out of the envelope that fateful morning. Something clicked. I hardly dared believe it. I wrote to you anyway. When you walked in here today, it was as if that picture had come to life. Now I know that I shall never be lonely again. Do you understand this, Mrs. Hunter? Do you, Elizabeth? You must. Because from now on, you and I shall never be parted. Never. If I have anything to say about (laughs) you. How long is it that we've been seeing each other, Elizabeth?
1: A month, six weeks, two months. I don't remember. I don't much care. It's like the music in this place. Like a dream. Is that why you take me here so often, Augustus?
2: Perhaps. So you dream, Elizabeth. Of course.
1: And sometimes, as now, it's difficult to tell reality from a dream.
2: You're quite beautiful tonight, my dear. You take me toward a dream world, too.
1: Do you dream, Augustus? Do you have a dream?
2: Do I? Yes. As a matter of fact, I believe I do. Tell me. It's um, far away now.
1: No, no, tell
2: me. It isn't a very large dream.
1: I don't care. I want to know.
2: You might say it's just the, well, the, the expansion of the work which brought us together.
1: But you reach out now, all over the country. You've shown me your file.
2: I know. Still, this is only by letter. Think what it would mean, Elizabeth, if there were districts and even local offices of the Union of Lonely Hearts. <laughs> what places where people could meet face to face, almost at once. Discreet, nice Think of the mistakes that could be avoided.
1: Clubs of lonely people who wouldn't be lonely anymore.
2: Exactly, my dear, exactly.
1: Oh, it's a wonderful idea. Why don't you do it, Augustus?
2: If I told you why, it would bring the practical world into our dreams.
1: I see. You mean money.
2: Uh-huh.
1: How much, Augustus? Ten, twenty
2: thousand? least ten. Perhaps as much as twenty. Would
1: you... Would you let me be your partner? Your silent partner, Augustus? I feel... I feel your union brought us together. But I owe it to, well, to fate, to help others in the same way. Please, Augustus, let me help.
2: Maggie, Margot. I've got her. She's coming across. We're in business. Sounds great, boss.
1: Well, from the looks of that new suit, Gus, it's going to be quite a business. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Dear children, it's a cinch. A lead pipe cinch. From now on, or shortly hereafter, the fences are going to work for us instead of our working for them.
1: Huh? I don't get it. Right now, we service them with a good word where the markets are for the hot merchandise. Okay. You get 5% on a sale. Where do we go from there?
3: Yeah, it's a good racket. The front even pays off for those $10 sucker checks from the Lonely Hearts. Yuck!
2: No vision, as I've said before. No vision. Okay, dream boy, what's the nightmare? Suppose we set up a deal in every big city, or most of the big cities for a starter, where we took the goods off the hands of the fences and sold them in the markets we know about ourselves. hmm No more middlemen with information. Give me two years. I'll be the master fence the tabloids would say in the whole country.
1: I begin to
3: see.
2: Yeah, but you got to have capital to start with. I you... have it, children. I have it. Mama came through last night. Up to twenty grand. Only she thinks it's for setting up this lonely hearts routine across the country.
3: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> we are in business. Oh, so this is love.
2: Maybe Margot might say. But to get along in this world, remember, love is not all. 19. Love is not all.
0: In just a moment, "Crime Does Not Pay" will continue with "Love Is Not All." we continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Ralph Forbes as Augustus J. Dryden in Love Is Not All. Elizabeth Hunter's money started the racket rolling for Gus Dryden and his cohorts. It took a little time, of course, and a fair amount of traveling on the part of Gus and Muggsy. But by dint of some silver-tongued persuasion, and the occasional use of force. The business of disposing of stolen goods behind the facade of the Union of Lonely Hearts
2: soon began to show a profit.
1: Where do you want to go tonight, Augustus?
2: Do you really want to go out, my dear?
1: Whatever you say.
2: I thought we might stay here tonight. We haven't had an evening alone in some time. I miss them.
1: Do you? Really? Do you know, Augustus, I should never have invested that money with you. Since then, well... Look back. We've slowly drawn farther and farther apart. You
2: only think so, Elizabeth. Because I've been devoting so much of my time to protecting your investment.
1: I see. So that's what you've been doing.
2: More, my dear. I've been earning money for you. Here, Elizabeth, my sweet. Your first dividend. Five percent. One thousand dollars.
1: Well, this is a surprise.
2: Why should it surprise you?
1: You You're my backer
2: you receive dividends.
1: It might be nice to know what our assets are, besides goodwill.
2: Elizabeth, you're serious. You'd really like a financial statement. Hmm?
1: I may be emotional on some subjects, Augustus. But with finances, I try to be businesslike. Mm, admirable, my dear. Truly admirable. Oh, Gus, why don't we stop this fencing?
2: Fencing? How do you mean that, dear?
1: All this talk about finances. I don't care, really. I... I want to know if you still feel about me the way you said you did that first day in your office. Of
2: course I do, Elizabeth.
1: Then when will the business be in condition so that you can take a trip with me?
2: A uh, sort of honeymoon, my dear?
1: A real honeymoon, darling. South to Cuba, Venezuela, the Caribbean.
2: You make it sound enchanting. You really do.
1: When, Augustus?
2: Well, as you said yourself when the business is on its feet.
1: And it isn't now with a 5% dividend? Not
2: where I want it. But the time will come, Elizabeth. Think of the happiness we have given others this far. Isn't that worth postponing our own for a time? Isn't it, my dear? Margot, take a letter.
1: Yes, sir.
2: All right. My dear Elizabeth, here with enclosed, please find your third quarterly dividend. The business is progressing rapidly, and the strides we are making seem to indicate an early return of your original capital and continued dividends. Hmm. I hope to see you soon. As ever, Augustus. Well, that ought to hold her for a month or two. Well, I hope so. <laughs>
1: She's been rather nasty on the phone. She insists you're in town, not out, like I keep telling her. Augustus, I've called a dozen times in two days. This, this girl has been telling me that you're out of town. Augustus, I want her fired at once. She lies.
2: <laughs> but I have been out of town, my dear, until a few moments ago. And Margot will wear me out in that. Oh,
1: that's true, Mrs. Hunt. It's not true. I know. I saw you come in early this morning.
2: Elizabeth. You've been spying.
1: Augustus, a woman will do many things to save her pride.
2: I see. And you feel that I'm destroying your pride?
1: I think you've taken me, Augustus. I don't like the feeling of that.
2: You've been receiving dividends regularly, large ones.
1: I don't care about the financial side of our dealings, Augustus. But you used emotion to get me into business with you. That's nasty. Look out,
2: boy. There she blows. That's a, a hard word, Elizabeth.
1: For a hard fact. You never had any intention of marrying me. Your talk of love and maturity was just that. Talk.
2: Really, my dear, this is childish. And in front of Miss Wells.
1: I leave if you'll permit me. No, stay. You probably know all about everything with details. Augustus, I'm pulling out.
2: I'm dreadfully sorry you're taking things this way. You'll be
1: more sorry in a moment. I've learned the hard way, Augustus. Now I'm being hard. I want the balance of my capital with you, some $17,000. I want it now.
2: Surely, Elizabeth, you don't expect me to have that much cash in the office.
1: I'll take a check. You can come to the bank and have it certified for me.
2: Well, the firm's balance is not large. You know, the furniture for the club in Frisco, advertising in Denver.
1: Augustus, once I thought you were a fascinating rascal. Now I think there's something dirty about you. You'll hear from me, Augustus, and you won't like what you'll hear.
2: Ah, phew. Uh, You needn't do that letter, Margot. Trouble, Gus. Uh Uh-huh? Uh-huh. I doubt it. Once she cools down... I uh...
1: don't think she will. That kind of woman... She's
2: like every other woman. You're all ashamed to be shown up as suckers. You hate to admit that you're taken. The last thing in the world you want to admit in public is that... that love is not all. She won't make trouble, Margot. Not on your life. (laughs) I'll come back here, my beautiful. We have more important things to uh, uh, to talk about.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. What can I do for you?
2: May I, uh, may I see the counselor, please, Mister Dryden? I mean,
1: uh, can I help you?
2: Well, uh, no, it's, uh, it's a delicate matter. Uh,
1: Mr. Dryden is in conference with Mr. Penfield, but I'll see. Yes, baby. Uh, Mr. Connell is here to see you, Mr. Dryden. I told him you were in conference. Well,
2: can't he wait till I'm through with Muggsy? That, that last hall of hot silver, what a take.
1: Um, can you wait a few minutes, Mr. Connell?
2: Well, I'm rather in a hurry. My problem won't take long.
1: Mr. Dryden, uh, Mr. Connell is rather in a hurry. All
2: right, I'll be out.
1: He'll
2: be right with you, Mr. Connell. Thank you. Ah, oh, Margot, oh, Miss Wells, uh, is uh, this Mr. Connell? Uh,
1: yes, sir,
2: Mr. Dryden. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Connell? Uh, my associate, Mr. Penfield. How are you? I'm fine. At one moment, please. All right, Mrs. Hunter, come in, please. Are these the three of them? Hey, what gives? May I inquire what this is all about, Mr. Connell?
1: Yes, Sergeant. The Wellswoman, woman, Penfield, and Mr. Dryden himself.
2: Sergeant? Yes, Sergeant Connell, fraud squad. With two warrants, Dryden. One for your arrest, and the other to search the place. Well, this is ridiculous. In the first place, I never saw this woman before in my life. In the second place, I'd like to know what the charge is. Simple fraud. For now, after we've examined the files, it'll probably be using the mails to defraud. Federal. Well, this is pre- preposterous. I... What could I have defrauded this person of?
1: Besides my self-respect, Mr. Dryden, merely $10 for which I have the cancelled check. $10 paid to you for the purpose of obtaining introductions to people with whom I might be friends. And since you failed to perform that service, you defrauded me. Isn't that right, Sergeant?
2: Exactly right, ma'am. Now, I'll just have a look at those files.
1: And there are some more in the closet in the other office.
2: Well, perhaps I'll look at those first. I deny everything, and I deny you the right to my private files. Warrant here, Dryden. I'm getting out of here. Margot, let's scream. That's your life. You stay where you are. Wynner, Matson, on the door, men. Now, those other files, Dryden. Oh. I'll sue for false arrest. I'll have you broken, Clown. Out of my way. Out of my way, I said. All right, that the closet, Mrs. Hunter? Yes, that's it. I warn you. Save it, Dryden. Now, uh, uh, Sergeant, isn't there some way we can talk this over? Don't crawl,
1: Gus. Spare me that, at least. Don't crawl.
2: Well, well, well. Mrs. Hunter, you've unearthed something here. This man runs, well, it looks like a nationwide network of fences. What? To dispose of stolen goods behind his lonely heart's front. This is far bigger than we thought.
1: So that's what you use my money for?
2: Look here, Sergeant. Don't be a fool. Yes because the woman here is well, I still think we can talk it over. Yes, yes, you can talk it over with a judge and jury. You better call him up, he's riding. From the looks of this file, get going now. We're all heading downtown.
0: Crime does not pay.) <laughs> Ralph Forbes, who starred as Augustus Dryden in Love Is Not All, will be back with you in just a moment.
2: Now, here in person is Ralph Fords On the surface, Gus Dryden was a rather likable rascal, I suppose. But when you take the point of view that he used the hopes and dreams of everyday men and women to cloak his more nefarious enterprises, and then compounded the felony by preying on and destroying those dreams, he ceases to seem likable and shows up in his proper light as a rather despicable kind of man who received exactly what he deserved. And there should be pity for the gullible... Lonely people who paid in money and heartache. The cost to them was not small. Always for all concerned, the victim as well as the criminal, crime does not pay. Thank you, Mr. Forbes.
0: Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Marks B. Loeb, with music composed and conducted by John Garth. Technical consultant is Burton B. Turkis. The events, characters, and names used in the story you have just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental.